Welcome. Welcome back to the Genomaly. Place of thoughts, imagination, and wonder. Stories told over and over again in our heads. We hope you enjoy your time here and learn some things about yourself and about others. This is the Genomaly. It's confusing, but we like it. All right, welcome back, everyone who's listening to this, all three of you. Uh, this is uh, Giovanni uh, again with my good pal and friend, Comrade. 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 Yeah. Uh, I'm Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go. that's me. How you doing? Mm. I'm all right, man. Good. I'm all right, good. man. It's, it's, been my, it's been my birthday week, so. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh. A yeah. good old two seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good and old. Yeah. Good. Good and old. Mm. All right. So for today's episode, uh, I think since it's since it's your birthday mm-hmm. weekend, mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to focus on some stories that you had. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we led into it a little bit last episode about um. Uh, the sci-fi idea that you had. Sure. Which was really I, I like that. It was good. Sure. Um, so, do you want to start there, or do you want to start with something else? I think we can start there. Right. I mean, and since we both kind of talked about this story a lot, yeah, it helped me out. Because, oh, yeah. Um, as you know, um, I've got <coughs> uh, the memory of a fucking goldfish, so, um, and I didn't bring any nuts today, so. Hey, well, you know what? Uh, goldfish is a snack that smiles back. Mm, that's true. It's actually one of my favorite snacks, too, but exactly. that's, that'll be a whole other episode. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Um, so, today, uh, we are talking about Dark Grid. Yeah, Dark um, Grid. Formerly Dark Matter, we changed it to Dark Grid. I like that better, though. Well, I, I suggested a change, because there was that, was it a Netflix show that I was think it was Dark it, Matter? I think it was, like, a Canadian science fiction show. Yeah, and so And as soon like, as I saw that, I was like, <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, like... Just in case the day when we pitch an idea to yes, someone, exactly, and they, and they <laughs> we say, can have oh, <laughs> guess what the the Canadians did it first, yeah, the first. So. as they usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so talk about what's the what's the premise? So, uh, well, first off, I will say just to kind of get everybody on the same page, mm-hmm. um, when Mass Effect One came out, I played it and I said. This is like the greatest goddamn thing ever, yes. and um, you know I was. It's weird because that's the thing that kind of got me into. I was I was very into Star Wars back in the day, but that kind of thing got me a little bit more into um, like Star Trek and stuff like that, which is kind of a different sort of yeah, deal, no, you know? yeah, it is. Um, but I get that, yeah. And so, like, I really wanted to do something like that. And I think my original ideas was were really just, um, you know, trying to copy as much of uh, Mass Effect as I could without seeming like I was copying it. And then from there, it kind of, uh, it grew into something um, 
I'd like to think that's that's very different. Well, I remember you telling me about it, and I actually I did really like the premise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a it's a good pre. I mean, I I I think I remember most of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like you've you've kind of, like you were saying the last time. It's like you've heard things like it, mm-hmm. but like it's still it's a formula that like yeah. works, you know? Totally, totally. Well, let me let me hand it over to you and say what. What do you, what do you remember? What do I remember from okay. fr- from the story? Because um... okay, so what I remember yeah. is okay. So you had a main character named Sig Tanner, mm-hmm. um, which I thought it would be a cool idea. I know you had it um, as a, as a male protagonist, mm-hmm. but if you had it as a female protagonist, mm-hmm. you could call her. Sigourney Tanner, which would be yeah. an homage mm-hmm. to the 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 great almighty Sigourney Weaver. Right, right. Um, uh, I I do, I do like that idea. I, it's funny. I never thought about that. I think a lot of that has to do with there is there is a dynamic between the main character and one of the other main characters who's a, who is a female. But right. those those genders can always be switched, you know. Or Stay the same because. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. It's twenty twenty. It's. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, pl- yeah. Please, please continue because um, I, I'm just, I'm just curious if we, anyway, if we are so, on the same page about this story or not. So the 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 thing that I remember mm-hmm. is that it was uh, a story about Sig Tanner, mm-hmm. who got into some trouble yes. and was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And was contacted by uh, Dana Walsh, who mm-hmm. her name was. Yeah, yeah. Who's who, pretty much, I would say, like a parole officer, like sort of right. deal. She's so she, she's uh, she's the the main character's handler throughout the. Yeah, yeah. now that's a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many other sci-fi stories that would have like a, a sci-fi parole officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that to me is interesting, um, and basically, she. Talks to Sig and is like, "Will, excuse me, we'll get you on a parole mm-hmm. if you do these jobs for us." And these jobs are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had suggested, I think I had suggested the name Dark Grid Operations, mm-hmm. um, right? Which would tie into the uh, title, and also it means like it's kind of like Black Ops operations, mm-hmm. you know. But but also also which I think is is kind of fun the way the way that I took it is, um, which would probably be something that would show up like late if this was a series because mm-hmm. it's a it's a broad universe, um, <laughs> like the dark grid could be, um, you know that area of space where there ain't no stars, <laughs> you know, right um, something like that you know um, too so it's it could be a bunch of different things yeah. But, um, but yeah, basically they are hunting a, an alien fugitive. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. And which I forget his uh, name. Do you uh, remember his name? Uh, Saren? <laughs> no. Um, I I actually went back and forth, and unfortunately, yeah, I don't have my notes. But he's he is a uh, he's a humanoid alien. He's really tall, and he um, he has like yeah, you know, it's one of those like. 
exoskeleton sort of, you know, guys or whatever. So he's like very, you know, very tough. He's kind of got his own sort of armor. And he also has these um, um, pheromone sensors in his neck. So so he can, um, he can sense people's fear like a fucking velociraptor, right? And it kind of yeah. it kind of gets him off a little bit, and that's why he's he's sort of this fugitive like that they need serial killer, now. you know. He's exactly exactly, um, and uh, um, so they're looking for him because he escapes a prison vessel. That would kind of be the first scene is that they're in hyperspace, going from you know picking him up. Um, not the main characters; these are just some prison ship, right? They're doing a prisoner transfer after they come out of hyperspace, and uh, things just go very wrong, and he's able to escape. So, um, uh, and so yeah, so they they basically it's one of those things where you know they need the best of the best, and uh, Sig Tanner just happens to be like really good right. um, at his or her job, um, but I think there's probably just maybe either a little bit of insubordination or even, like, a little bit of, um, uh, mental illness because of, like, PTSD or something like that, which is something that they figure out a lot later, but for sure, Sig Tanner, like, is not, like, down with authority, and, you know, they are, um, a troublemaker, you know, they have... They have kind of an attitude, um, and they don't like the, you know, what, what we'll just call the Federation right now. Right. <laughs> the the, guys, the right? government that is mm-hmm. has control of the planets. Yes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I remember that, and they had a ship called the Baton Rouge. The Baton Rouge, yes. Um, that ship got um, scrapped for parts. Um, it was either, it was either uh, taken in... By by the by the Federation and it's being held or it got scrapped for parts. I'm trying to figure that out because I do think it would be nice if they got like a whole new ship. Like if if um, you know the the dark the dark grid um, uh, like operations, you know, um, just gave them a whole new ship. Um, and so uh, and he's got an old crew, you know, and and since he it's, since he or she. Um, I'm just gonna go with they at this point because I I do, I do like the idea. It's an interesting uh, idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so they had an old crew, um, humans and aliens and stuff like that. Um, Sergeant Paul Jericho was uh, Sig's like right hand man, um, and he is like if he's um, if you're thinking of like. Um, He's a real he's a real like character archetype. So, um, Firefly, or yeah. um, you know Serenity or whatever. The um, Adam Baldwin character, who's 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 like uh, kind of the bruiser, the guy with the big guns and everything. Um, I forget his name in that, but um, is he a Baldwin brother? I think he might be. I think he actually might be. He doesn't look. He doesn't look like one. I just learned that Alec Baldwin has brothers, so. Mm. Mm. Or, yeah, well, barely. But that's that's a topic. For yeah, topic. I digress. Um, anyway. 
Uh, so, you know, he's, or, let's see, I'm trying to think of somebody, or like in, um, in Rogue One, you've got, uh, you got, you know, blind guy with his staff, and then you got his buddy with the big fucking machine gun, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of who Paul Jericho is. He's like the guy with the big machine gun, right? He's, he's a, um, he's a sergeant for the quote-unquote Federation, that's just what we're gonna call him for right now, um, and he is, uh, you know, he's another guy who he's like, a, you know, he drinks, he smokes, he's just, he's, he's one of those guys. Um, and he is Sig Tanner's, like, not friend, but, like, they've worked together so much that they're kind of, like, brothers in arms, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple other people, I think there's maybe one or two other people that are off-world doing other stuff. Because when, cause when Sig Tanner got uh, incarcerated, they were like, yeah, you know, fuck this guy. Like, we're out of a job now, so we're just going to go do... Like, some of them are doing, like, deep space mining and stuff like that. I think... Um, I think I think Jericho is was doing, like, um, some sort of private security, like, off-world sort of deal. Um, and when Sig Tanner gets... Um, called upon to find this alien fugitive, they're like, okay, well, I'd like to get my old crew back together. And a lot of that beginning of the story is Sig Tanner trying to convince, you know, the old crew right. to, to come back and um, and uh, not just work with this, like, new government that they have. Or not new government, but this, uh, the you know, <laughs> the Federation, right? Which a lot of people are kind of soured over. Um uh, but also to work with Sig Tanner again, which, you know, I mean, people just kind of don't want to, but... Right. Uh, so, um... I remember some characters that were involved. Mm -hmm. uh, there was, like, a... Bach, which was, like, yep. a crystallized alien species... Mm -hmm. That yeah, was, like, a really good sniper. He's basically, I mean, you know, he was basically, like, because <clears throat> I loved the dynamic between Garrus and Shepard, you course, know? yeah. And so, like, I wanted a Garrus character. Now, he's not part of the original crew. He is somebody, they, they land <clears throat> on a planet for whatever reason, just part of the story, you know? So, mm -hmm. Something, you know, they, they land on this planet. It's like a crystal forest, and they find um, these aliens there. And, um, you know, they figure out what their whole civilization is like, and then they meet, um, they meet Bach, and then he decides that, you know, maybe he had some sort of, like, run-in with this alien fugitive before, and he's like, yeah, I want to, you know, um, anyway, something happens there, and he ends up becoming, uh, part of their group. Um, yeah, he's some sort of, like... Some sort of giant crystal alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, Makes sense. Let's see. Who else is there? Um, I don't know. They meet a lot of people along the way. Oh, I mean, uh, there was an AI named Cervantes. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, so, so that's that's another thing, too. Um, Sig, uh, Sig Tanner does not like artificial intelligence. That's just one of those things, and... I think what might end up happening with that is that there's going to be some sort of, like, prequel or flashback sort of story 
um, where an AI really screwed them over at one point, you know? And, like, that might have to do with whatever sort of PTSD is going on and, you know, the um, all that stuff. Haven't really thought that far into it, but I, I do know that Sig and Jericho both have um, a real disdain for... Do you know the story behind uh, System Shock? No. No. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, side story. So, System Shock 1, I just found out, like, mm-hmm. the story about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, it starts off with you, your character, who's a hacker. Uh-huh. And you're trying to hack into Citadel Station, which is a station that's orbiting Saturn. Mm-hmm. You get caught by the government. They take you in. Um, and then there's a captain of C- C- Citadel Station that actually brings you in there to help. To he, He's asking for your help to hide some misdeeds that he's done. Gotcha. And in order to do that, he has to turn off the ethical sensors of Shodan the AI in the system. But once he turns that off, he can't turn them back on. So then Shodan goes berserk and tries and starts having a God complex mm-hmm. and slowly starts to take over the station. Your character doesn't know this and is put into like a healing coma, mm-hmm. uh, as like a thanks for the job by the captain for about six months. And when you reawaken, everybody in the station is mutated or mm. dead mm-hmm. and you have to fight, the AI, and it's like, you have to right. go through cyberspace to hack, it's a battle of hacking yeah, yeah. between the AI and you. Um, it yeah. Like, I actually really liked that idea. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I did feel like I needed to tell you that, because yeah. like, oh, because I was always like, oh, there's an evil AI, you know, you've seen that, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, it's evil because somebody didn't want to take responsibility for what they did, so they're trying to hide it, yeah. and they turned off like an ethical... Thing with right. the AI, which then made it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Back to the back to the point at hand. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, 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 it's definitely, it's definitely one of those ideas that I've had that I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw in as much sort of science fiction stuff that I can into yeah. the story because this is my fucking space opera. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, so there was there was those guys. There was a Corporal Clade, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah. They they meet him on a. So so the first run in that they have with this alien fugitive is on I don't know some sort of like metropolitan planet. It's in a huge hotel, like just gigantic hotel that probably goes up to space or whatever, you know? Because why not? Yeah. Um, and um, they kind of have him trapped, and then he makes this huge escape shootouts and smoke grenades and all this stuff and like the the space SWAT team comes in there and everything and it's just like a whole thing he makes this like inexplicable escape like uh, like Leon the professional just you know he's just gone right? yeah um uh and the person that the, uh one of the people on the one of the fire teams that was supposed to go in there to help um was Corporal Clay and he did a fantastic job, and and um, Sig recognized that um, and said, hey, I want you to be part of my team, because you're not just a soldier. Like, you have what it takes to be part of this, um, this Trump-funded uh, Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You been watching Space Force? I haven't. No. No, no, no. It's, it's sort of funny. It's good. Okay, cool. I'll, it's a Steve Carell comedy. So. I like Steve Carell. 
Oh, it's got John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I love John Malkovich. <laughs> I know you do. Um, so yes, Corporal Clade. Um, there was a there was an alien girl too, and I can't. I do not remember what her name is, but I used to back when I was good at drawing. <laughs> before I took a break, and now I suck. Yeah. Um, I drew a um, I drew a picture of her, and I thought that she was like a really cool sort of. Uh, sort of alien, so... I have that somewhere, so I'll show you that sometime. Cool. Anyone who's listening, they're never gonna see it, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, probably but, not. Uh, um, but I'll show you sometime. Okay. Because um, I've definitely thought about a lot of these, uh... What these, what these aliens would look like, and that's kind of a... I think creature design is, like, a really hard thing sometimes. It can be. To do, without making something look too much like something else. Um, yeah. One, I mean, one trick I, I definitely, because one trick I know that works when you're writing fiction, you read about and research nonfiction stuff mm-hmm. to then get inspiration for fiction stuff. Like, right. a lot of the greatest aliens or whatever mm-hmm. have been created because people researched actual animals mm-hmm. in our... They, they sat down... They sat down on a, on an airplane with James Cameron, and he's like, "This thing needs mandibles." And then he got Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> True story. Um, um, no, you're right though. You're, you know, you're right. And I think I, I think I did do a little bit of that with this story, as far as like the physics and and space and and everything. And um, I know I wrote down like some sort of, some sort of like time period of where this when this would take place, but for the life of me, I can't remember if it's, like, 500 years into the future, or if it's, like, you know, 300 years in the future, or what. But it's definitely enough that where people... It's not a problem traveling long distances in space. they figured out something. Whether it's, like, the, the like, El Coupier drive, which is, you know, um, the hyperdrive that they're saying that they might be able to make in, like, in like a hundred years or something. Who Sweden? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's probably the Swedish or whatever. You know, because because they, they're they're great about being like, oh yes, we were um doing this thing where we make a little bit of dark matter and maybe we destroy the entire world, but um, <laughs> fuck it, you know. And then it works. So you know, it uh, just works. So um, so obviously there's gonna be some things with with dark matter, but I would just like to be able to in this story have it be have it be pretty like. Like ridiculously fun sci-fi, but then at the same time, you know, have somebody who is looking at it logically and be like, "Oh, okay." I mean, obviously, yeah. like, a- aliens and stuff like that. Like, that's just I'm going all out with that. But you know, if, if somebody comes up to me and they're just like, "Oh, excuse me," like, but how can they make their ships, you know, do all this stuff? This is not scientifically possible. Then I'll be like, "Well, there's this and this and this," and then you know, suspend a little bit of a uh, of disbelief. Tesla won the fucking thing, so you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say the DED suit, the dead suit. Mm. Yeah, Talk yeah. a little about that. So, I like that. So, yeah, um, the dead suit or uh, the dangerous uh, environment defense suit, I believe, um, is... 
basically it's like a giant diving bell suit, but for space, for toxic planets, um, you know, planets with like acid rain, extremely hot planets. Um, I don't think that you would be able, <laughs> I don't know that you'd be able to walk on the surface of like a sun with something like this, but you could probably walk around like on Mercury or, or something, you know, on the hot side of Mercury. And yeah, you'd be... Or, or Venus. Or Venus, yeah. Um, and and you, you, um, you know, you'd be really sweaty or whatever, but it is, it is basically, um, uh, like a big daddy suit. You know, oh, Bioshock, yeah. right? Um, and it is, it is basically for, you know, um, colonists of, of dangerous worlds to be able to do their work. Um, and it plays a big part at the end of, um, the first story, I guess, for, for Dark Grid, when they finally find this fugitive, um, he is in a part of the universe um, that I called the Iscariot Verge, you know, because Judas Iscariot, you know, most evil motherfucker ever, so might as well just, <laughs> you know, name anything evil after him. And it's basically, it is a, it is a galaxy that has a sun that is so huge that just anything around, like, there's there's planets and, like, planetoids and stuff around there, but that entire solar system is just excruciatingly hot. And, yeah, maybe there's some, like, black hole activity, too, there. So it's just a very dangerous part of the universe. Yeah, maybe. And so... And so the, so the dead suit becomes uh, really important there um, because, like I said... You're not really supposed to be able to just walk on the surface of a sun. But right. <laughs> we, we might be able to suspend a little disbelief for, for, for the end of that story. I don't know if they're actually going to be on the sun, but they're going to be close enough to it. Well, yeah, like, for my sci-fi thing, you know, I don't really... I don't factually think that anything would probably be able to survive within the atmospheric pressure of Jupiter... But sci-fi, yeah, of course, of course. Um, sci-fan, yeah. Is that like sci science fantasy? I guess. I I guess. I just coined that trademark. Do not steal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Um. No, it's cool. Um. So yeah, I really like it. It's like. Okay, so in Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. You have this crew that's like, I would say it's like, uh, like, the government special ops. Mm -hmm. But in this, you have government denied ops. Pretty much. Where it's like it's yeah. not. They're really talented people, but it's not like the most honorable people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, yeah, I know, you know, like, uh, Jericho, he's got some, um, infractions against him for, you know, maybe, like, excessive force or something like that. Right, you yeah. Know? So he's definitely, like, um, Sig Tanner's definitely, like, they just say that Sig Tanner's, like, a loony, you know? Um, yeah, and, the, you know, other people there, I think they just, um, you know, 
uh, I don't know. There's a lot of dynamics that I have to figure out. I, I also need to, like, as far as, like, universe building and stuff like that, I need to figure out if, like, um, if, like, there's racism here. Because, you know, in Star Trek, they're they're done with all that. They don't do racism anymore. Yeah, you know? that's really, um, what a utopia. Yeah, right? Um, so I'm just trying to figure out about that, if there's maybe, like, alien species that people don't really like, and that can kind of feed into it. Um, I'm also trying to figure out if just AI in general is something that, like, maybe something happened and, like, AI is really, like, not something that should um, exist. But, you know, because Cervantes is basically, um, you know, he's a... uh, He shows up later, and that's kind of the physical... um, Yeah, you know, like, android, you know, sort of thing. The ship, right. the ship AI is just kind of sentient, you know, within like a ship, right? Um, and Cervantes is like, um, what's his name from Metal Gear Solid, the crazy one. Uh, which which one? Uh, he's like a samurai, sort of. Uh, they made a whole game about him. Oh, uh, Raiden. Yeah, he's like Raiden, kind of. Um, yeah. Okay, I can see. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, like, and obviously that would be considered, like, a dangerous AI. So, so I might be playing around kind of with the idea that, like, that, like, universally it is, something happened and it is universally illegal to, to put AI into, like, a, a physical form. Don't know why, but, like, that could definitely be a thing, you know? And obviously, that's since it's since it's sci-fi, like that's gonna be, you know, that's gonna be broken. Uh, and maybe Cervantes is like, yeah, he's he's like a, um, uh, he has to hide his face or something, you know, and and, um, you know, uh, pretend to to be human. You know, they might have they they might just have a whole Blade Runner thing going on where they're just like, no, you guys can't exist, you know, and but he's able to exist because. You know, maybe he has like a, like a silicone face or something like that, or he wears a hood or something like that. Um, I mean, that's just a whole story in itself. Um, yeah. So, definitely something that. I think you got a lot of material. That's for sure. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. It's that's why I'm saying like it's hard to kind of sift through everything. Hey, and... that's what this whole series is about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. <clears throat> so, that's Dark Grid. Mm-hmm. Is there any other? Stories that you can think of that are, like... Kind of science fiction Well, no. Like, just that ones that you are really, like... This is one that I, like, really like, or that I hold dear. Sure, sure. Well, well. okay, so, so recently I've been coming back to a story that I worked on a long time ago. And I actually, like, wrote a lot on it. Um, and at first, it had the most cliche title ever. It was just called America, but with a K. But you can't do that now, because... Racists, right? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, and it's just basically, again, this is, I watched Children of Men, and I was like, this movie is fucking great. Um, yeah. And um, I want to do my own sort of dystopian thing. Yeah. Now, this is one that I really need to kind of figure out. Maybe you can help me out with this. So, okay. So the original story is something happened in the United States, whether it was like a nuclear attack or something something like that and it didn't destroy the United States it 
it um it create it made the majority of the United States uninhabitable except for like all of the east coast like from mm-hmm. Florida all the way up to Maine um and so basically anyone who survived and wasn't sick you know it might be like a like a plague or something you know that, that happens right um they kind of created this like mega city along the the coast yeah um but mm-hmm. but there's so many people there that it's just overpopulation all that stuff now um uh, and also um uh, drug use is through the roof, and maybe it's like some new type of drug. But a lot of people are kind of like, not actual zombies, but they're kind of like, you know, they're all doped up, you know. Right. Um, and 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 the and the United States have has been very secretive about what's going on there. Like you can't just travel, you know, there and see what's going on. So, um. The story is basically about a um, a British journalist who takes a boat, actually, and um, goes in either, like, the harbor at Boston or just, you know, New York or something, which are, they're just different now, you know, um, and he goes there to pretty much see what, what's up, you know? Um, and originally I had it that actually, just somehow, inexplicably, um, the, the, the United Kingdom has decided that they're just going to take over America again. And so he goes to try to figure it out. There's all this, like, crazy, like, weird sort of, um, conspiracy thing going on. And it's basically, like, later on he, he finds out that everything that's going on in America is, like, some sort of really, like, fucked up and weird social experiment that just costs, like, millions of lives, you know, and has, like, ruined all sorts of stuff. Um, and it sounds like a weird idea when I, when I, um, when I, when I say it back to you, but, um, but that's the whole thing. Like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put the, uh, put the pieces together. So, main character is, you know, basically Clive Owen, right? <laughs> um, right. And... He he goes there and you know he's just trying to figure things out. There's also a um, a family um, of you know there's a this guy and his wife and they have a baby um, and they're all like you know they live in the slums like they're kind of like drug addicts and stuff but they care about their kid you know they want to like raise their kid they just have these like addictions and stuff and they have to fight off like you know looters all the time and like they just live in this really just shitty situation, right? So there's so there's uh, the journalist story, there's their story, a- and then and then there's also another guy who is part of the like metropolitan police force, which is basically like civil protection in um, uh, in Half Life, and or or like uh, you know like a mix between that and like the firemen in, in Fahrenheit four fifty one, like they. They um, are kind of like the totalitarian government, and it's and in his story is just from being a um, from being a soldier or an officer, realizing that what they're doing is fucked up, and then defecting and trying to help people, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, in the streets, and then you know at the end there's a huge like uprising and all this stuff. But um, 
But it's just three different stories. They all kind of come together a little bit. And um, uh, it it's, you know, I haven't figured out how it how it ends. Um, and I do I do really want to find a way to kind of put in there that that the that the the British government is actually the ones that are in control of this American megacity. Um, uh, anyway, I changed the name to Covenant um, because you know that's just a cool word, <laughs> um, and that's kind of what's going on. It's a you know. Um, uh, so yeah, you know that's something that, and I and it's weird. I think I actually that idea came to me. Obviously, Children of Men, but like there was a series of of um, black and white Levi's jeans commercials that I remember watching. Oh yeah, and for some reason I was just like, this is it, <laughs> you know? Like I so, um, uh, but I really like that story. You know, well, I, I I haven't worked on it for a while, but I I um. I like it too. Yeah. I like the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with like a big, like people being compacted together, mm-hmm. like reforming uh, societies and stuff, is, is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, I would say mm-hmm. this is a real concern. Mm-hmm. There are. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the last week tonight about. Um, uh, nuclear reactors. Mm, no, but I know that. I know that that situation is not great. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. Yes, and we've just got like isotopes just kind of like laying around. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of like there, and there's a total possibility that that whole situation could get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When you say like a nuclear attack, I would think instead just like a, just a, just a Chernobyl yeah. on a country the size of the United States wide scale. Sure, yeah, um, or at least Midwest to West Coast. Yeah, once you get to the, I mean, once you get to the Midwest, um, <laughs> in this world at least, nobody knows what what's going on past there. They assume that nobody lives there, and and I don't know. I haven't really thought about maybe maybe there is like, another society on the other side. But nobody knows, and to be honest, nobody cares. Because because they are so, um, like, inundated by, like, these um, these drugs, which I do think that the, the, the government is probably, you know, manufacturing to help, like, suppress these people so they don't have to worry about what the fuck is going on in the rest of the world, and they're just packed in this area. All they care about is, like, survival at that point and doing, uh, well, not even doing the right thing. It's just, it's just survival, you know? Right. And then there, there are people, there is, like, an upscale part of that area, probably somewhere in New York, you know, where, where people just, a walled-in community where every, like, where all the resources go and everyone's kind of happy there. Um, you know, the, uh, the proverbial, you know... Oasis. Well, I mean, it's been done many times in movies, but you could <clears throat> separate Manhattan from like that's true. Yeah, everyone else. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's true. Um, um, have you ever read uh, or heard of this of Parable of the Sower? 
No, I have not. No? No. It is a really interesting sci-fi story, mm -hmm. and I would recommend like at least looking at the Sparks Notes okay. version of it. But it is about a dystopian America where... Um, it's actually like... Okay, so people don't want to call the cops or ambulance mm -hmm. or fire departments right. because it costs money. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Um, which <laughs> it does mm -hmm. now. Yeah, unless you live in Canada. Right. Because yeah. then you can steal my science fiction idea names and you don't have to pay for a fucking ambulance. It's <laughs> my hot take. Um... Anyway, and people are living in these societies that are, or these little neighborhoods where the only law now, because since you have to pay for law enforcement, is like neighborhood watches. And there's looters and all this stuff. And it's about this um, African-American girl mm -hmm. who leaves her home and has these like ideas of her own that are... Uh, Anyway, the point she she forms she starts forming her own kind of religion mm -hmm. um, about how it it is humanity's destiny to leave Earth and travel the stars. Right. It doesn't get to that point by the end of the story. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a few sequels. I haven't read them, mm -hmm. but it was a really interesting like sci-fi story. Like I was really intrigued, and it was made like um, it was made by an African American woman, mm -hmm. and she. Um, it was it was made like in the seventies or something. Uh, it, it was made a, a long time ago. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I would definitely recommend at least like seeing a summary of it because mm -hmm. it is really fascinating. I think you get a lot of inspiration for that. Also, yeah. I wanted to say how much I like um, I like the idea of the structure of the story. Sounds like it would not be like. Uh, point A to point B to point C to point D to point E um, it sounds like it would be point A mm -hmm. and then point A, B point A, C mm -hmm. then point B because mm -hmm. like it, 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 it's a reporter so it, it would be like a structure of not just um, isolated but like almost like short stories it's it's pretty, along yeah. the coast yeah it's it's pretty much that's pretty much what it is i mean you know he's trying to he's trying to uncover things but there's you know there's other characters um and they kind of have their own stories and yeah like i think that they probably i think i think people that are experiencing the story I think they feel like it was a cop-out if the characters didn't meet up at some point. But it's not like they all get together and they're a fucking gang, you know? And it's like... Right, you no, know, it's not like that. Um, it's like, it's a serial. Oh, mm -hmm. serial, there mm -hmm. we go. Yeah. Um, you know how, like, Doctor Who, he goes to one time mm -hmm. period and meets with these characters and then leaves and then goes to another time period and meets with these characters mm -hmm. and helps them out and then leaves and then all this stuff. And that's what he's doing. He's a reporter just yeah. reporting all of these things... Mm -hmm. as he's going along the coast. No, I think that's a really interesting idea. I totally picture uh, that reporter. Totally picture him as David Tennant. 
Hey, that would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that would be actually really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I do know, though, and I think this is just probably something that, it's something that I've just had in my head. So that so the soldier character, he does he does a complete 180, and he's like, all right, you know. And once this sort of resistance movement starts coming together, he starts to help out with that. Um, but he does get killed at the end because he's still dressed like a, like a, like a cop pretty much. Mm, And so then that's all that people see, you know, they're like, oh, we got to kill this guy. And, um, so there's that. I don't think the main character is going to die, but I do, I do really want. I don't, yeah, I don't think that he should. Um, I, I do, I do really want there to be a scene where, um, where he he does end up going to sort of the rich neighborhood or or um, the the um, the high class area and attends some sort of dinner with, for lack of a better word, like the king of America, you know, or or, or whatever, or whoever's whoever's leading the country, and it's just it's so like that whole scene would be so stark and vastly different. From the rest of the movie, because everything's nice, it's like mahogany tables and like you know candlelight and everything, and they're eating like a you know um, giant roasted pig or something like that, you know, and just and just sort of like having a great time. And the and the only reason that he's able to go there is because first off he's doing a story, and second off he's British, you know, or something like that, you know. Mm. And so he kind of gets to see that, and then he realizes that you know. Uh, the real humanity is, like, outside of that area. You know, I just got a feeling... It, it almost reminded me of Tiger King for some reason. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Joe Exotic actually is the king of America. Of course. Um, <laughs> um, we have about ten minutes or so left. Is mm-hmm. there any other stories that you wanted to mention? So, there's... <laughs> I, I mentioned not last episode maybe his last episode um star wars fan fiction now listen listen i'm not going to go too <laughs> deep into this because okay. it's it's basically an idea that's just kind of been rolling around my head and if we, you, we can have a i mean we can have an extended whole fan yes, fiction episode yeah, but but, but i am just going to throw this just throw this out here as kind of a, as kind of a last thing so um if you know me i love stormtroopers specifically something about stormtroopers i just love yeah what i want to see is a standalone star wars movie about a group of stormtroopers that are marooned on some sort of planet right and there's some creature on this planet right and um it's just like um I mean, for lack of a better word, it's kind of like Predator, but, like, with Stormtroopers. But this creature might not even be, like, a humanoid sort of thing. It might just be, like, a giant space worm or something like that. But it would obviously be, like, a very, um, very explicit, like a, maybe a, um, kind of a grindhouse sort of movie, but with Stormtroopers, you right. know? Uh, like, um, like, I'd say, like, like Starship Troopers, but with Stormtroopers. And there's only one creature, though. Um, and maybe they're, like, trapped in these caves or something like that, or, like, uh, maybe it's, like, a, 
a um, Europa situation where they're they're underneath the ice and there's some creature that lives under there, you know? Anyway, right. just that's as much as I thought about it, but I've always wanted somebody to do a standalone movie. And they don't mention Luke Skywalker. They don't mention you. Know, it's just, it's literally the Empire sent this, um, this team of however many stormtroopers down on this planet and, like, ended up kind of fucking them over. And whether I, they survive or not, you know, that's just kind of up to whatever the story is. Right. I definitely think that that's an interesting idea. I would probably recommend, like, just looking... There's so many, like, side stories. There's comics, yeah. novels, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. There's a Star Wars novel that's literally zombie storm- stormtroopers. So... I would definitely recommend, like, checking to see if maybe that's already made. It probably has been, you know? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if they made the Fett Club, then, you know... Yeah. They, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's cool. That's cool. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Any other stories? You know what? What? Oh. My knees. <clears throat> oh. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like... Yeah, list off the titles. Alright, so... Um, well, Dark Grid's on here. Um, Redshift is like a short story about a group of astronauts that go into a black hole. Been done before, but, um... Interesting, though. But but Redshift is, it's something you kind of have to kind of look up. It's something that happens to your, your, your vision, apparently, when you go through a black hole. So it would be a very, very interesting sort of story... That's, um, a, that's a cool title. I like that, Ben. Um, I got a Western story, which we'll talk about. There'll be a whole Western thing. I got The Waste. Yeah, yeah, we'll is, have a Western episode. Which is uh, post-apocalyptic. Um, Bob O'Clock, which is, you know, um, I, I think is a pretty good story. Yeah, I like, at least I like the title. Uh, uh, for those wondering, Bob O'Clock is 8.08 uh, a.m. or p.m. Yeah, on a... Um, on an analog clock, uh, or not an analog a digital. clock, on a, on a digital clock, it does look like Bob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought about a whole sequel for the um, uh, 1982 or 83 uh, John Carpenter The Thing movie, which still got to watch, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, let's see here. Oh, man. So I will see if I can um, get... I'm sure it shouldn't be an issue, but uh, my my friend uh, Stephen, he worked on a space epic that I really like. I think that he put a lot of time into it. Um, it's called Space Bastard: The Sordid Tale of Reen Larker. Um, so fantastic! It's, That's a good it's, title. It's 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 really good. Um, it is. It's like if if, like, Robert Rodriguez made, like, a space movie. It's just, it's very, like, it's very well done. He thought about the lore, like, a lot, and how, um, like, energy weapons are, like, actually super dangerous and all this stuff. There's a lot of really cool things on there. Um, I have a grindhouse movie called Buck Wild, um, which is about, basically, if you've seen the movie Death Sentence with, um, Kevin Bacon, it's pretty much that. <laughs> Um, I haven't yet, but... Um, just a guy who, you know, just a simple farmer that gets a, attacked by the mob, and then he comes back with a with a shotgun, 
and kills all of them. Nice. Um, uh, it's a movie called Night Audit about a night auditor that has to fight zombies all night. Oh, that's fun. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and then a story that I kind of been working on a little bit. It's just called Back, and it's about a guy who goes back to his hometown in like Oregon somewhere after being gone for like five years. And whether he was in prison or he's in the war, I don't know. He goes back, and it's just you know, it's him pretty much like reconnecting with his shitty family and his kind of shitty friends, but also kind of good friends and, like, old relationships and stuff like that. It's a very, like, it's kind of a sad story. But, um, but yeah, it's just called Back. I like that. So, it's a simple title. I like that, though. Um, yeah, those are the only notes that I took. And I just remembered that I, I, I had them over there because uh, um, I wrote down all the stories. Cool. I've been working on so. I know you had, I remember... You had Becky and Lyle. Mm, that was that. yeah. That was also on there. That's kind of a coming of age story. About I like that title at least. Two two really good friends in uh, in high school. It's like Skins, but shorter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. So yeah, um, yeah, and then I had like my mom. You know the. The sort of mob story that I worked on a long time ago with Nick and Grace, Donnie. Yeah, no, I'm. Mm-hmm. That was quite a. Okay, quick recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, four gangs: mm-hmm. uh, black mob, uh, Irish mob, uh, punk mob, yeah. and like a Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. Um, all get together at Giant Stadium. Giant Stadium in New York. And they fight each other like on a um, football field, like it's Priest and Bill the Butcher, you know, like it's just yeah, exactly. And one of the main characters like gets his arm blown off with like a like with like like a fifty caliber. Oh yeah, that was right because the police <laughs> like ordained it yeah. and were in the in the they, they, nosebleeds. Yeah, they were in with the nose- sniper rifles yeah, or, or in the um, or in the uh, yeah, yeah, they had their own like skybox thing. And, yeah, you know, and they start picking them off. As like, I mean, it was is honestly it was that that was a mashup of of so many movies that I've seen before, um, and I was just like, let me just make the greatest love story ever told. Hard boiled romance. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's. I was. I I still remember that. Mm-hmm. That was. It's just fun. It was just fun. It, it was, was like fun middle story. school, man. Man, that was a. Yeah, there must have been a lot going on in my head back then. But. It must have been. I mean, there's still a lot going on now, but like, man, I um, I banged that story out like pretty quickly. Yeah, if, you did. If, 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 I, if I remember, I would just stay all night writing it, and I was like, "Oh, this is so great." Um, I remember. Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, he wrote this thing," and I was just thinking back to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I gotta find those composition notebooks because, like, there's some. There's some wacky Dude. shit in that story. Composition notebooks? Mm-hmm. Man. It was basically... Dude, it was basically... So, at the end of that story, it was basically like, okay, these the, these four gangs are fighting in Giant Stadium. Ridiculous already, right? Right. But then, like, outside of that, it was like, yeah, like, the world's fucking ending, too. Like, there's, like, cars on fire and shit, oh, you know? God. Like... Yeah, that's... <laughs> it was just... It was great. Civil unrest. All right, um, well... Thank you so much for telling me mm. all these things, of course. Uh, of course. all these story ideas. I think they're really good, and I have like 
a lot of merit. We'll we'll get back to some more of them. We'll have like a western mm-hmm. episode, post apocalyptic episode, cool. and a fan fiction episode. I would I would love to excuse me, um, churn out some ideas or kind of get things figured out with the western story that I've been working on because there's a lot of um, yeah. No, there's, there's I'll tell mine of, and yeah, then you can tell yours and we'll do that. Um, anyway, this is uh, Giovanni and my good friend here, Lamar. Yeah, Super Lamario. Mm-hmm. That's if you follow me on social media. That is not my <laughs> my tag, but some people call me that. All right. Um, um, everyone, take care, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.